Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Raskin Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. <laughs> Today we're talking about how can you be glad no matter what. It's not always easy, particularly when bad things happen to us. It's hard to be glad when we have bad things happen. But we have an author that says you can be glad no matter what. My guest is Sark. She's a best-selling author and artist with 16 titles in print and well over 2 million books sold including the national bestseller, Succulent Wild Woman, Bodacious Book of Succulents, Eat Mangoes Naked, Prosperity Pie, and Juicy Pen's Thirsty Paper. Very interesting. And her newest book is Glad No Matter What. She is also the founder and creative fountain of Planet, of Sark, a thriving business that creates innovative services and products to support empowered living. Welcome, Sark. <laughs> Thanks so much, Patricia. And, wow, those uh, are quite the titles of your books. <laughs> yes. Um, succulent, uh, wild woman, bodacious. Bodacious. Succulents and eat mangoes naked. I mean, that's something. <laughs> yes, that's how I see the world. That's how I experience the world. Um, and gl- let's be sure to tell people, glad no matter what, is transforming loss and change into gift and opportunity. Yes, that's the title of the book, and it's a beautiful book. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, beautiful. as you see, I handwrite the whole book. You do? I mean, it's really incredible. Now, I asked you this, and, and I'd like you to tell our listeners, when I call you Sark, it's kind of an odd name, so what does that stand for? <laughs> Um, uh, it's an acronym. I actually have four names. So the names are Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy, and mm. that spells Sark. And that's also the name of my company, Planet Sark, and planetsark.com mm. is my website. Wonderful. And um, I want to be sure to tell people that being glad no matter what is not about feeling glad when you don't. That's extremely annoying. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it when people try to do that. So what it is about is what I call practical gladness. Mm -hmm. So this is about taking all the things that happen to us and transforming and alchemizing them into something better, something good, something different. Mm-hmm. So seeing the obstacle and the opportunity. I mean, seeing the op- the opportunity in that big obstacle. Exactly, and and looking. I've I've um, shared a lot of practices and processes um, with new ways to deal with obstacles and transform them. So you'll still, of course, have them. You're just not going to be, you know, you're going to be invited not to spend so much time there. Mm -hmm. A lot of people get stuck. Things happen and we get stuck. So I think it's um, good to let people know that I've done a lot of transforming of my own life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that helps people because sometimes you hear, oh, great, she's got a book and, you know, she's sold 16 books and millions of copies. But how does that translate to me? Yeah, uh, and what specific ways can we all be more glad? Well, number one, um, and this is why I put a feelings menu in the book, um, it's important to know how we feel. Hmm. So identifying how you feel is number one. Um, And what I like to say is feel what you feel, 
and then release it and move on and have more feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, some people aren't sure how they feel, so they just latch on to a feeling, um, any feeling, and they just stay there. Or they get, they get into a certain feeling that triggers them, and then they act out in a way that they're sorry about later. Exactly. And I've done all of that, and I'm sure most of us have. Mm-hmm. And um, early in my life, I had um, experienced incest in my family with an older brother. So for seven years, I was physically and sexually abused. And that's about as bad as you can get. Mm-hmm. And it really created a foundation of strength in me that led me to write the books that I wrote and live the life that I live and share the messages that I have to share. I've also had a lot of fantastic mentors, and I've also had a lot of healing, um, both self-healing and therapy. Um, I stopped short of a psychology degree um, because I knew I wasn't meant to educate in that way, Um, but I knew I had books in me and... I knew I was ready to share in other ways. So back to your question. So number one, feel what you feel. Number two, transform your experiences and your perceptions of what's happening to you. Mm -hmm. So let me give an example from my own life because, again, that really helps educate. Um, As you pointed out, and as we all know, bad things and challenging things happen to us. And so what we choose to do with them is our opportunity, and it's our opportunity to turn it into maybe not a gift right away, because sometimes gifts take a while to show up in the material world. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when a child dies, there's no gift in that. Mm-hmm. Later on, there will be gifts. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I have noted in my work is that there are four major feelings that trigger us to act out in some way. And they say that those are angry, being angry, mm-hmm. being lonely, being tired, or being mm-hmm. hungry. Yep. And that those become triggers for people to either act out, it, drinking, drugs, gambling, sex, computer, uh, porn, whatever it is, whatever it is that people do. And um, for me, it's always been the lonely trigger. Mm-hmm. When, I get, when I get into that lonely spot is when I will you know, think about doing something that isn't always great for me. And what I'm learning to do, which is something you're talking about, is to sit with that feeling and don't let it own you, which is sometimes hard because it takes over you. Yes. But if you can And I'm so glad you mentioned that, Patricia, because I want to share um, a process for for being with challenging feelings. Mm. Um, And that is through, again, through story, I, I... a, f- a month or two ago, I was at a retreat. This didn't. I, this isn't in the book, but it's supported by what I wrote in the book. Um, I went to a retreat center, and I was really excited. I was there by myself, but I had friends there, and it was beautiful along the Pacific Ocean, and it was delicious food and activities and wonderful things to do. And I um, really enjoyed my dinner and my time. And then friends started scattering to do other things. And then the extremely unwelcome and challenging feeling showed up. And that feeling was deep loneliness. And I immediately recognized it and thought, oh, no, it's coming. It's ruining my retreat. You know, that was the first thing I thought. And the second thing I thought was, how can I get away from this? Mm. 
So my familiar coping mechanisms, um, as you mentioned, you know, through eating or drinking, I saw this pile of brownies on a table, and I thought, I know if I eat those brownies, I can sedate the loneliness. Mm-hmm. It will be sedated, and I won't feel mm-hmm. it. But I'm aware that that is short-term. And I'm aware that it's cumulative that when we don't feel a feeling, it gets louder and stays longer. So I then saw someone drinking some red wine and thought, oh, I know I can anesthetize that feeling if I drink enough of that wine. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, same short-term difficulties. So I decided to do something new. And this this is what's in my book, all these new practices. So I saw these two chairs together on the lawn And I decided to try an experiment, and I went and sat down, and I said, Loneliness, would you like to join me? Mm. And then I felt kind of ridiculous, because I thought, okay, what is that going to do? And then before I could think too much more about it, I saw the faint outline of a figure sit down in the chair next to me. Mm. And I was absolutely astonished, and I looked and I said, wow, loneliness is here. Patricia, it was palpable. Hmm. And I was sitting there, and I was so moved that I put my hand out and asked if loneliness would hold my hand. Hmm. Now, I can't say I felt a hand, but I felt warmth. Hmm. And we sat there together. It was clearly a we. And I sat there with loneliness for, I don't know how long it was, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15, I'm not sure. But in that short period of time, I, I felt loneliness. I saw the edges of it dissolve and it dissolved into me. Interesting. And it was and integrated. And what happened after that? So, Pardon? What happened after that, like 15, 20 minutes, half an hour after that? Um, I felt a tremendous sense of peace. And then I looked down under the chair and I saw a football. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what's a football doing there? And I thought, it's, a long, it's been a long time since I had you know, kicked a football. And so I got up and started drop-kicking this football all over the lawn and was laughing and ended up going in the hot springs and meeting some people and talking. And it, wasn't a, it was such an integrated experience of, you know, it was me, but it was me with attended and well-loved loneliness. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely transformative. Yeah. And but, and and but, you were willing to stay with that. Yes, and, and, let's, and I'm glad you mentioned that because let's be sure to say in my earlier experiments, I could only stay for about five seconds. And, but let's be sure to say that even that five seconds, you heard me talk about a 10 to 15 minute period, mm-hmm. five seconds can shift and melt and soften any challenging feelings. And I talk about this in my book, this is the part we don't believe because we know, we, we really fear that if we turn towards it for even one second, it could crush us or it could kill us. Yeah, or right, or swallow us up. Yeah. And, people, and when you talked about the five seconds, the other part is just taking breath. You've heard people say, mm-hmm. just stop and breathe or walk out of the room. That is enough uh, of, a, of a break yes. to have you stop. Yes. Yeah, and so... The more you practice this, of course, the more you're going to feel able to stay longer and do more. All right. We're going to take a break. Fascinating. My guest is Sark. Her book is Glad No Matter What, Transforming Loss and Change 
into gift and opportunity. Christine Northrup, author of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, says, in my humble opinion, this is the best book Sark has yet written. And it's, it's wonderful. It's all um, done in your own handwriting in different colors in printing. And it's, um, it's very pretty. And you talk a lot about you have different people's stories. And then you talk about situations and then say what's so good about this. And that's what's terrific is people really get to see in the process what the process is and how you turned it around. So, again, folks, it's uh, my guest is Sark. The book is Glad No Matter What. And you can log on to planetsark.com. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to get freed up? Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You're listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on Voice America, America's Voice. My guest today is Sark, who is a best-selling author and artist, and her brand-new book is Glad No Matter What, Transforming Loss and Change into Gift and Opportunity. She is the founder and CEO of Planet Sark, a thriving business that creates innovative products and services to support empowered living. You can log on to planetsark.com. Welcome back, Sark. Oh, thanks, Patricia. Okay. Um, let's talk about some of the stories in the book where somebody has really or where you describe how to transform a great loss into an opportunity. Yes. 
And which are you referring to something? You specific? pick one. No, oh, okay. I'm going to let you pick one. Well, I mean, we have a range of things. I, I've written about loss of a love relationship, uh, death of my mother, uh, death of my beloved cat. Hmm. Um, and, you know, really the book started with losses, and then I realized, okay, there's losses that are not death. You know, there's loss of love, loss of dreams. Loss of job. Loss of job, loss of money. Loss of money. I mean, you know, I've... Still I've lost. Oh, pardon? It's still a loss. Yes. And that's why I interviewed... That's why I had other people come into the book. So I have 11 people who have transformed significant losses. Why don't you the, pick one and share? Give us a synopsis. Um... Well, I'd probably choose to pick uh, Shelley Meekum. Um, she's in the book talking about her best friend, Peggy Chun, who uh, Peggy had ALS, so Lou Gehrig's disease, and she lost all her mobility until she could only blink. Mm. And um, Shelley was her best friend, so she formed something she called Peg's Legs, mm. and uh, 250 people joined um, to be the legs that Peggy no longer had. Mm. And they took her to bonfires and on boat rides and helped her have the life outside of the disease that she was, that her body was locked into. And Shelley, um, Shelley and Peggy um, produced a book um, before um, Peggy died. And the book is called The Watercolor Cat. And it's a fabulous book. And the paintings are all by um, Peggy, mm-hmm. who was able to paint by blinking her eyes. Um, they created a computer program so that she could paint by blinking. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And um, Shelley contacted me and said, I wanted you to know that Peggy died, mm. but I'm going to see you in Hawaii because I was coming last year to the Hawaii Writers' Conference. And I describe a process in the book called the micro-movement wheel, process of, micro-movement wheel of delight process. Mm. And it's what I created so that I do all the things that I dream of doing instead of just talking about them. And how is that? Um, well, it's described in the book, but it's an incredibly simple process. It's kind of like a, a more joyful process of a journey begins with a, every journey begins with a single step. It's an ignition device. It's a way to get started, but it's also a way to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a way to delight yourself along the way. And that got added in about five or six years ago when I realized we do the majority of things because we love them or are delighted by them. Yeah. Um, but back to Shelley for a moment. So um, Peggy now, died. Is that a process or is that a device? It's a process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so back to Shelley. So back to Shelley. Uh, uh, Peggy died, and she died just as she wanted um, before she was locked in because it's possible to be locked in with ALS where you can no longer blink, but you're still in there. And it was her prayer that she die before that happened, and she did. And she, um Shelley came to my Hawaii Writers' Conference workshop where I was teaching people about how to use micro-movements, and she got up and said she had written in the circle, there's a circle and there's a center of the circle where you write what you want to do, and she said, I want to bring Peggy's last dream. She, she painted a, a painting of a, of a saint, of a man who just got canonized by the Catholic Church. His name was Father Damien. And she painted a giant painting of him, and she wanted me to present it to the Pope in person. Mm. She said, but I don't have money, and I don't know the Pope. Mm. And I said, well, what's your first micro-movement? And she's standing up in front of an audience of 500 people. And she said, my first micro-movement is to stand up here and tell you this. 
And I said, well, it's a perfect micro-movement, and let's see what happens after the, after the workshop. And after the workshop, a man came up and introduced himself to both of us and said, I am an executive with Delta Airlines, and we would be honored to fly you and two students to Rome. Oh, my God. And then another man came up and said, I happen to own a hotel in Rome, and I would like to put you and two students up. And then before she left the auditorium, a woman came up and said, I can arrange a private audience with the Pope. Mm. That's amazing, Sark. <laughs> well, and there are literally countless micro-movement miracle stories just like this one. And Sh- Shelley went on, and it's on my website. You can see her all in white presenting this painting to the Pope. And Shelley is also a teacher in Oahu, and she invited me to come and do a school visit, and I love to do school visits because I love to share this work with kids. Mm. And um, the kids had built me a throne out of flowers, mm. and she had worked with the kids with Sark books for years, so they had all written their own books already. <laughs> so the, their books were all stacked up on the table behind me. They were all authors. Mm. These were kids ages 5 to 12. And I said, you know, you kids came to hear me, but I just want you to know I came to hear you. I said, and I've written you questions on paper airplanes, which I'm going to fly into the audience. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they went nuts. And I flew the first question, and this big kid jumped out and grabbed the paper airplane. And I said, you know, before you read that question, is there another child here that wasn't as big or as strong as you that might want to answer a question? And he just smiled and nodded his head. And he went down to the front and knelt down in front of this five-year-old girl and helped her read the question and and answer it, you know, to me. Mm-hmm. We were all in tears. You know, and, you, the, it's interesting because I've interviewed thousands of people, and your energy is so strong. I mean, it comes right through the the excitement and the belief, and it's it's electric. There's almost an electricity that comes through from you. I just wanted you to know. Oh, that. thanks, Patricia. Yeah, well, I because this is what it's this is what I believe in. This is and, my and calling. What happened to you know? you? Well, I just want to finish what happened. So, this little girl read the question, and then I flew the next airplane, and this other smaller boy grabbed that airplane, and without my saying anything, he walked it up to that first twelve-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and gave the question to him. That's the kind of school this was. That's the kind of kids these are. And, and you know, one of the reasons on. that I do this work in the media is to bring out these stories because there are many of them, but that's not what we hear, so we don't think there are as many good stories and positive stories and stories and miracles as there are. Oh, I know. And so you must be aware of the goodnewsnetwork.org. Of course. And you must be aware of Tonic. T-O-N-I-C. Yes. Um, and there's just going to be more and more of these because the, the world, that's what I hear as soon as we hear any, quote, tragedy happen. I just see the hundreds of millions and billions of miracles that are released. Hmm. Yeah, I've been doing this work almost 30 years now, and I started when people weren't doing it in the media, and I stayed with it. And uh, it's very rewarding to be able to interview people like yourself, Oh, Patricia, thank you. And I, you know, it's uh, I've almost the same amount of time, and I've been ridiculed and, you know, mm-hmm. not made, I mean, just people, I was doing it when it wasn't in either. Yeah, me you too. Know? Yeah, I understand. In your book, you write about something called the miracle walk. What is that, and how do you do one? Oh, that's one of my favorite things. I started it about, again, about 25 years ago, and I've been 
doing it ever since. You step outside of your house or wherever you are, you put your palms up, and you say, Miracle, find me now. And you walk until you find your miracle. That's interesting. And it may and it happen right away. Pardon? And it works for you every time? It works for anyone every time. The miracles love to be called. And I, again, have countless stories from tiny things to large things. I will tell you that you tune your vision to be aware of miracles. Many people aren't. So they might look like things that look ugly. Um, You might see something, which just happened to me, something crumpled into the crook of a tree, and I opened it. I thought it was just a piece of garbage, and it was money. Hmm. And so I've proven that money grows on trees. <laughs> and Amazing. oh my goodness! And there's other micro. There's um, you know you you encourage your readers, and we talked about this in the beginning and in the first segment. But I want to go back into it because it's a tough one. You encourage readers and listeners to go to those broken and dark and difficult places. And we talked about this: how you know when you're sad or when you're scared, particularly fear, you sit with it and you let it accompany you. That's hard to do, Sark. It is, and I'll tell you, and if you don't, if you're not ready to sit with it, you can ask it to walk with you. You can just say, I see you, I hear you. All those feelings want from us are some love and attention. And that five seconds and, you know, will grow into five minutes, will grow into 15. I'm up to, you know, 15 to a half hour to an hour now. And I was not there before. Hmm. So I'm just as you know stubborn and resistant as anyone else. This is why I share my actual life and my actual experiences, so people can have, so people can witness what I'm doing. What do you say to people who come up to you and say, "Sark, this is all well and good, but you don't know what I've been through." People who can't give it up, they can't let go of that desperation or tremendous feeling of loss or anger or bitterness, what do you say to them? And I'm sure you get those people. Oh, absolutely. And they call my inspiration phone line, and they, they're on my Facebook page. Well, first of all, we honor, I honor and acknowledge where they are. You know, because until if you come up, someone comes up and says that, the first thing is to honor where they are. Like, I hear you. I see you. Mm-hmm. You are seen, you are known, you are loved. That's the most valuable message we can give anyone. Mm. Now, if they want to go further, I then say to them, if you'd like to shift that, transform it, or change it, tell me what you're willing to do. Mm. Now, sometimes they're not willing to do anything. They say, I'm not willing to do anything. And I say, then you be there until you're willing and ready to do something else. Mm-hmm. And believe me, you know, I attempted suicide in my mid-30s. I was on welfare at a certain point. I have had probably every challenging life circumstance. I thought I would be a mother. I'm not a mother. You know, I, I have my loss list in the book, and I describe how to take a loss list and turn it into really transform, like what are the gifts, what are the opportunities. Mm. And, yes, we need to feel the tough stuff, and we need to feel the good stuff. It's all the marvelous, messy middle. We're meant to be in the middle. We're not meant to be in the extremes. extremes. Oh, how true. All right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Sark. Her book is Glad No Matter What, Transforming Loss and Change into Gift and Opportunity. And you can log on to planetsark.com. All right, folks, stay tuned. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi everyone, we are back and you're listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And my guest is Sark. Her book is Glad No Matter What, Transforming Loss and Change into Gift and Opportunity. Sark is a best-selling author and artist with 16 titles in print and well over 2 million books sold. She's the founder and CEO of Planet Sark, Planet Sark, which is a thriving business that creates innovative products and services to support empowered living. You can log on to planetsark.com. Welcome back, Sark. Thanks, for All right. I'm, I'm flipping through the book because it's beautifully done and it's handwritten in different colors. You and that's all my here. art and photographs in there. Yeah, it's beautiful. You write, help the world by being glad. And here's your acronym for glad. G is give, L is lovingly, A is and, and D is daringly. Give lovingly and daringly. People wonder all the time, you write, how can I help the world? And you say one of the very best ways to help the world is to be glad. Glad people give more and give more creatively. 
Incredible. And did you see, did I talk about that little boy whose glad heart led him to ride his bicycle to raise money? Was it for Haiti? Mm. And uh, a news story picked it up, and he raised a quarter of a million dollars. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. And, you know, that's the power we have. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I um, Last year, Brian Williams on NBC10 was reporting so much negative news because that's what they do there. And his writers and listeners and readers started writing to him and saying, you know, we can't take this. So he put out a call for good news, and he said that he could have filled three networks with the amount of good news that he got. Mm-hmm. And for a while, they did some of these positive stories, but it hasn't, uh, it hasn't had real, it hasn't had tremendous amount of legs on, uh, on traditional media, broadcast media. Yes, yet. Yet. <laughs> That's right. Well, because I'll tell you something, Patricia, I'm so glad you raised this because it used to be that, you know, they would start a positive newspaper or a positive something and it was always being told, oh, the, the bad news gets more coverage because people are scared and that supports their fear and so they want to know that. And it's starting to change now. Look what you just said. People turned in so much good news that they could have filled three networks. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about goodnewsnetwork.org. Yes, um, I, I know Jerry Weiss horribly. I remember when she started it, she's doing so well. I know. I'm so proud of her, and I'm a member, and I always encourage everyone to be a member and read that news. Mm-hmm. And what was the other network you mentioned? Um, tonic, T-O-N-I-C, tonic.com. And it's, uh, you know, it's a kindred spirit to um, Good News Network. Mm, which is really wonderful. And that's what this program does. I have three programs, and that's what this program does. And it's, it's very inspiring. And what's even more inspiring is that when you keep talking to people, as I do, who have this attitude and belief, then that's how you see the world. Yes. Yes. Well, and I know that's why people gravitate to Sark, because it's a Sark energy. I mean, I'm a representative of this Sark energy, but... It's this good energy. People want more good energy. And that's what we, that's, you know, that's our biggest renewable energy resource, by the way, good energy. And we, you know, people try to deny it or think that it's not as powerful as it is. And, you know, it's, comp- it's, it's like what you just said. It operates the same way as compound energy with money. If you share a good story and then someone else hears a good story, they're going to tell a good story and it keeps multiplying. Well, and also it's not negating the fear. It's not saying I'm not fearful or I'm not scared because that's Absolutely real. not. I mean, this is, again, you know, one day we won't even have to give that caveat because people will know, of course we're going to feel scared. Of course we're going to feel frightened. But we don't need to feel. We don't need to spend so much time there. We don't need to build our houses there. No, and if we don't spend so much time there, then we can be proactive. So, for example, if you've lost a job, and it's true, you won't be. You know, the threat is that you won't have the money coming in. Then, at that point, you can stay in the fear, or you can start being proactive to do something about it. Well, and you can bring the fear right along with you because you know the truth is you are going to feel fear, and it's going to come up. And so learn how to do the transformative, learn how to do the very simple thing of tending to and turning towards your fear rather than away from it. Because it isn't the money that erases your fear. You know, that's what we think. 
well, if I just had money, I wouldn't be afraid. The fear will call for you whether you have money or not. I spent a lot of time in my um, early years, when I was 18, I met a multimillionaire, and I spent numbers of years with multimillionaires and billionaires um, living at different places around the world and studying business with them. And these people all had inherited wealth, more money than you could ever imagine, and they were the unhappiest people I'd ever met. Why do you think that's true? Because they had not done their transformative work. They were not doing their consciousness-raising work. They were not doing their psychological work and hadn't done so. And so they were run by inner critics and unparented inner children, and they were miserable, unhappy people. And And probably not grateful for what they had. They weren't grateful at all. They felt imprisoned and trapped and judged. And, you know, so they weren't able to do the good things with their money that they that they would imagine, you know, that you would imagine someone would do. And so I... Although I would imagine they'd feel entitled as well. Absolutely. Of course. They were raised to be entitled. Hmm. And I was an observer, and I decided that money must be the problem, so I opted out of the money system when I was 26 and lived completely on barter and trade for 10 years. And how was that? Um, I learned a lot about miracles, and I learned a lot about receiving. It was... Some of it was very hard. It was very humbling, and um, but I was doing my creative work, and so I was able to kind of ignore some of the bad side effects. I also didn't have children to provide for, so I was lucky. I, I had chosen that, but it was a big price to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I'm starting to speak about it now because you know people just think, "Oh, you're millions of books. You're a millionaire. You, you know, you don't know what it's like." I had 250 jobs from ages 14 to 26. I had a grandfather that said, do everything you can think of doing so you know what you don't want to do the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I took it to heart and at 14 had three jobs. Mm-hmm. And I was fired from most of them and I quit most of the other ones and I you know, found out a lot of things I wasn't good at. And I found out a lot of things. You found out things that you were good at. I did. And I learned a lot about service and I learned a lot about commitment and it, it was immensely um, valuable. So I decided, what if I became the happy, conscious millionaire that I said that I wanted to, you know, see? And, of course, you know, that's what we need and want is people using, whether they're millionaires or not, using their money consciously and well and doing their transformative work. Absolutely. And as I say in the book, becoming transformative change agents. Because we can change the energy. We can literally change the energy. You saw in my book, I have a story of going to the DMV where I had not been in many years. And, you know, I had bought a new car. I'd had a Mazda for 17 years, and it had finally died. And I went there, and the energy was not good at the DMV. And people were not supporting each other. Nobody was speaking to anyone. And I couldn't stand it. So I stood up, and I had to close my eyes to do this, Patricia. But I stood up, and I and I did this. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And I sang the whole first verse by myself. And what happened? I sang the second verse, and some people started to join in. By the third verse, every person was singing, including the people behind the bulletproof glass. Wow. Wow, that's quite a story, Sark. <laughs> that's quite a story. 
You know, you have national bestsellers, Succulent Wild Woman, Bodacious Book of Succulents, Eat Mangoes Naked, very um, rich, uh, <laughs> very rich words. Explain what those mean. We have about three minutes left. <laughs> well, Eat Mangoes Naked is finding pleasure everywhere and dancing with the pits. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, about right. transformation, and it's, again, about finding the middle, the marvelous, messy middle. Succulent Wild Woman is dancing with your wonderful self. So mm-hmm. it's about self-love. It's about ex- what I call exquisite self-care practices so that you can really love yourself so that you can love the world more. Mm-hmm. The Bodacious Book of Succulents is um, that's lo- daring to live your succulent wildlife, and it's also the book I wrote to welcome all the men because when I wrote Succulent Wild Women, I wrote on the back, Men are welcome in the land of succulent wild women. And all the men came out for that book, and they were peering around the bookshelves, and they, were <laughs> they wanted to be part of it. Mm-hmm. So I decided to write the bodacious book of succulents and profile all the succulent wild men that I knew, including my cat. <laughs> What's your message, Suck? What would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, number one, you are seen, you are known, you are loved. That's the most important. And probably right next to it is really practice exquisite self-care and love and do your transformative practices so that you can take transformative action in the world because that's what you want and that's what we want. Wonderful. And how can people find you through... PlanetSark.com. Yeah, come to PlanetSark.com. There's so many ways to re- interact that are free, and there are community there. And I have an inspiration phone line, which is four one five five four six three seven four two. That's listed on the website and in the books as well. Um, and you know, come and come and play. You can ask my cat a question. He's an oracle on the website, and you click him. He's like a furry mm-hmm. eight ball. All um, right. So I, I invite everyone. Thank you so much for being on the program, sir. Thank you, Patricia. You're wonderful. I love your show. Oh, thank you. Stay on the line. My guest has been Sark. Her book is Glad, No Matter What, Transforming Loss and Change into Gift and Opportunity. And you can log on to planetsark.com. Okay, folks, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Write to me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com. I'd be happy to put you on my email list. I send out my newsletter every month. All right, until next time, have a great Monday and a great week. I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 